unmute myself to start. Okay. Good morning. Nikki Burnett here, Caseline Nutrition. I have something up way too far. Don't know what. Anyway, hey, how are you? Nikki Burnett, Taste Life Nutrition Radio, streaming live on KUHSDenver.com, where we bring on really some of the most amazing people. My sound is bad. Um, anyway, so today we've got Kat Granville. Sorry, Kat. <laughs> who has has really an amazing, unique, inspiring, crazy story to tell. And, yeah, I don't know what the sound's doing. Number one, just too high. Down a little bit. Like that? Yeah, and the top one too. Uh, number two also. <laughs> there. Better? Okay. <laughs> so we're going on four years of doing this. And it never fails if there's something that I kind of mess up, including not starting my lives. Oh man, Kat, it's nonstop with, um, with live. It's just real, and I just screwed up all the time. <laughs> anyway, so Kat is, uh, so Kat's been a friend for a long time. Um, and I have watched her from go from this single woman to this amazing mother with, um, with an amazing story that's unlike probably any that I have ever heard. Um, new term called free birthing is new to me. And so, yeah, Kat, thanks for being here. I'm so excited to hear all the story. I've only heard part of the story and there's a lot going on here, but this is something that is, I think it's important for people to hear and to know about if you are looking at growing your family, expanding your family, um, this is not to talk anybody in or out of anything, but to give information because uh, I think it's a really beautiful story and, you know, I think we can all grow and learn from it. So, Kat, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I know, me too. I'm excited to, excited to hear all the gory details because it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> At least fun now that, that you're past it, I think, right? <laughs> Yeah, the first three months, yes. The birth, I would birth every day if I had, if someone gave me the option. It's a really great challenge, but the three months, three months of twins is uh, yeah. a little deal. <laughs> it's a lot. So interestingly, one of the first things that she said to me after, you know, she had had the kiddos was, I think I'm addicted to birth. <laughs> Never in my life did I think that I would hear something like that. <laughs> Never in my life did I think I would say something like that. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm excited to jump in, but as always, the first thing we do is gratitude. Uh, gratitude can change the world, right? Gratitude radiates from here, from the heart, from the mind, out into around the people who are around you, and it just keeps going. So I fully and truly believe that gratitude can change the world. So Kat, what are you grateful for? Okay, so I'm grateful for, I'm glad you prompted me with this question beforehand, <laughs> even though I'm grateful for a lot of things in my life. Um, I am really grateful for my husband. I'm very blessed. He is a really good man. Um, and falling down from that is I'm grateful for my family. So um, I think today it's just like, 
yeah, he's such a such a good human and um, has really taught me a lot and opened my heart and opened my mind and soul to so many things. Um, and then you'll hear why I'm so grateful for him because he was so like there for the birth. So um, yeah, I think today is a day where I'm really grateful for my husband. Awesome, yeah. That's, uh, I have been that way for the last couple of weeks. Um, we were just talking before the show about my 18th anniversary, which I've has been my gratitude for the last two weeks, so probably shouldn't be today, although it, it's every day, you know, the gratitude of having a man in your life who is strong and giving and full of heart and love. So, yeah, I uh, totally agree. Um, I think, though, what am I grateful? Like you said, there's so many things to be grateful for. Um, we are, I think I'm just going to say that I'm going to put it out there that I think we're going to go to Mexico and go diving. Um, yeah. And so I'm always grateful to be able to look forward to a trip that is fun and with friends and family and on the beach anybody ever listens to this show you know that I like beaches where I want to be um, and so we just got back from Hawaii which was awesome but going to Mexico and doing some diving there and, and eating Cozumel I think is the plan is the, hopefully is the plan um, where there's supposed to be really great diving there so I'm grateful for the oppor- these you know opportunities that come up that allow you to experience life experience the world experience a place where we're not supposed to be right? (laughs) We're not supposed to be underwater because we don't typically breathe underwater. And so, yeah. So anyway, I think that that's what I'm grateful for. It really is, I think the opportunities that life presents to itself is probably the the bigger thing that I'm really grateful for. And, you know, the, you know, just these gifts that God gives us is, um, it's really, it's really amazing. It's a good life, right? So, um, all right. So let's do this. Um, Let's just start with wherever you want to start that makes sense for you. Um, because a lot of this, I think, is going to be new for a lot of people. And I want to just kind of kind of start with, with yeah, with what makes sense for you. Yeah, totally. Um, so if people don't know already, I actually had twins on July 4th. Um, and I called them surprise twins, but we did know like two weeks ahead of time that we were having twins. Uh, but the whole pregnancy two weeks. Let's it, let's not run over that, right? So you yeah. knew two weeks before birthing your babies that you were having twins. Yeah. So um, <laughs> uh, the text I sent you this morning, it's like I the I tried my best to do what we call is a wild pregnancy, um, and it's. I didn't do a fully wild pregnancy, so I can't actually own that, but I tried my best to just like trust my body, trust that like my body knows how to like grow and birth humans, because um, innately that's what we're created to do. Um, and my first birth and pregnancy was so wonderful with Madeline, so I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna kind of do it. And we were in Denver most of the time, so I didn't actually get to see my midwives in person except for, for the initial appointment. And then um, when we got back around 36 weeks, so um, I only saw my midwives, I think a total of four times, maybe three. Um, I have to look back at the notes. But, um, and at the first appointment, which was I think nine, I was nine weeks pregnant, um, or maybe 10, I don't know. Um, they checked for the heartbeat and they found a faint one and I, I let them use the, the um, Doppler, which there's like three different ways to find the heartbeat. There's the fetoscope, which is like the heart scope. Um, and then there's the Doppler, and then there's the ultrasound, which we don't do anything 
typically, except for the first one, we do a Doppler. Um, and they found a very faint heartbeat, which was fine, because um, typically you don't find it before 10 weeks anyways with the Doppler. Um, so we're like, okay, that's good. And we got some blood work done just to make sure all my blood work was good to go. And then after that, it was like hands off pretty much. Um, and I had a couple phone calls with my midwives, but nothing crazy. Um, and so I, I fully like wanted to embrace like my innateness to be able to like have a wild pregnancy and kind of, you know, do let my body do what it needs to do. So with that, um, I was like, you know, I really am kind of interested in this free birth movement that's going on. It's, it's been around for a long time. Free birth is actually like, it's like becoming a fad, but it's actually how we're supposed well, to Well, it's you kind know. of from the beginning, right? I mean, right. right. So <laughs> it's not really a fad, but... Isn't that the way it is with everything these days, though, is the things that are traditional and the way that it's supposed to be and the way that it's intended to be is now the new fad. I'm like, does that really make sense? <laughs> sure. Yeah. So um, uh, just so the viewers know, I have to get a baby at some point. It might be the next five minutes because they're down for nap time, but um, I can I can multitask. Um, so yeah, I mean, we we really just wanted to do something supernatural. And for some reason in my heart, I just really desired to birth at home with my husband only and my, my daughter, obviously, too. Um, but I love my midwives, and they're they're really two wonderful women, and they did such a great job with Madeline. So I was like, you know, we'll just use midwives. It's fine, you know. Um, and we're like supporting local women doing things that are changing the world, right? So I was just like, it's great. Um, and so we were planning a midwife birth at my house, you know, same old thing, no big deal. Um, but for some reason, I was like, I kind of like went in to like follow the free birth movement and um, I bought this book by a woman named Heather Baker who's a traditional midwife and there's like 16 different types of midwives but a traditional mm -hmm. midwife is someone who's almost like self-trained and like they don't have to license and they don't have to follow rules and laws right. and all that stuff so I, I bought this book it's called birth on your own terms um, and I just read through it just so I have a general idea of like if I were to end up birthing on my own, what are things that I need to look out for? What, how does it work? What's the process? You know, because when you're the birthing, the person birthing the baby, I don't want to say birthing person, but person birthing the baby, <laughs> you're in like a different realm. Like you're not really there. You're there, but you're like not, I, I can't like see the outside looking in. So um, I just wanted to have a general idea and talk to my husband about it and stuff like that. So I just happened to read this book, but we had no plans on free birthing at all. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll just read this book and whatever. And uh, so we go through the pregnancy. The pregnancy is much harder on me. And I'm like, am I just a weak person? Like, what is happening? Because the first birth pregnancy was so great. I was like, this is easy. I'd have like 10 kids. <laughs> so hard. It was um, like, I couldn't work out as much. Uh, my sleep was just terrible, um, you know, all the things. So, yeah, we get back, fast forward, um, 36 weeks, I see my midwives, and um, before we came back, I called them, and I, like, talked to them, I was like, hey, you know, I've been listening to a couple, I've been listening to the Birthing Instincts podcast, and that's by Dr. Stu, who's an OBGYN who doesn't practice anymore in the medical system. He only does twin and breech home births. Oh, wow. Um, I just really love listening to that that podcast. He's really knowledgeable and he's very like outside of the system. And um, and I read this book. And I said, I know Montana's laws. Midwives cannot deliver twin or breach. Oh, wow. And I was like, so, 
I don't want you guys palpitating my stomach, which is where they feel to see the positioning of the baby. And I don't want to do any more heart rate checks, um, heartbeat checks. And they're like, you have so much time, you're fine. And you're not carrying like twins. And you, if you didn't have a breech birth the first time, it's very unlikely you'll have it the second time. And I'm like, okay, if you say so, then it's cool. You know, so I'm like, you can, you can do what we need to do. Cause with midwives and my midwives, especially like it's all about informed consent. So if I don't want something done, I can decline it. So, and they can, they can also drop me as a client, right? Because like, if it doesn't align with them, that's fine. But, um, so like, okay. So my midwife, who's like 25 years of midwifery said, you're not carrying like twins. So I'm not saying, you know, I don't think you're having twins. I was huge. Mm-hmm. I was huge. So anyways, uh, huge and all we, belly, at least the last time I saw you, you were all belly. I was all belly and that's probably why it was so painful because yeah. I didn't like it yeah it it was definitely all belly I gained 50 pounds and with Madeline I only gained 25 so at my 36 week appointment I you know uh, everything seemed normal um they they found a faint heart people with the fetoscope sometimes it's hard especially if you have a posterior baby which means the back is towards the belly um you, it's harder to find but I was like it's fine and um so then the next appointment, they come to your house because they just want to kind of see where we're at, where we're going to birth and kind of get a feel for wh- what we're going to do when they get there. Um, and I have two midwives. Um, my one midwife, she felt my belly and she's fine. And then they, they left and then we went to our next appointment and it was like 38 plus three-ish. I don't believe in due dates, but 38 plus, mm-hmm. plus three. I love um, that you say that. And so let's, let's stop there just for a second because I think it's really important of course, this is coming from a person who has never birthed a child, but I also, I, I, I believe that we should, there, there are times there are emergent situations, right? There, there, there can be, but to, to say that the innate wisdom of the body and to, the high, to a higher point of God is, is not the smartest thing, right? The smartest part of what we're doing I find it to be really problematic, and they and, and and I believe, and it's my understanding that they started doing this and giving due dates because it's at the convenience of the physicians. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, what? Oh, so the the due date goes off of the first day of your last period. So they calculate that you're two weeks pregnant by the time like. Cause like after your first period, it's like about two weeks when you're your most fertile, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So they don't so they're saying you're already two weeks pregnant when you actually had conception so if you think about it like i've known women to go to 44 weeks like in my more natural facebook groups like there's some women who've gone to 44 weeks and it's like you're not technically 44 weeks if you go by the medical system you are but so that's why like they have a hard cutoff in a lot of states where you can't go past 42 weeks you're automatically you know induced or c-section or whatever um and it's, it's at the convenience, you know? And they'll say it's because of like, um, and I'll get into this, but the stillbirth rates and things like that. And yes, that is a real thing. Stillbirth is a real thing. It's really sad. Um, and yes, I obviously you wanna be in tune with your body and know what's happening. If you feel something's not right, like obviously then you need to go and have something helped, right? But I, I think they changed that. They put that due date, that like, time clock on you just because it's convenient for them mm-hmm. um you know it's especially harsh because they say twin pregnancy is just so high risk yeah yeah 
And um, no, I think our society is high risk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's the, the due date thing is such, such a hoax in my opinion, um, you know. And I like to put in there, like, I believe in Western medicine for when it is necessary. Absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. But there's times where we, we utilize it, like, like, we think birth is this, like, totally traumatic event that has, like, no, that's not it. It's not a medical event. It's a total normal human event. Right, right, right. Um, I love that you say that, yeah. I just want people to know, like, I don't hate the medical system when it's necessary. Yeah. You know, times where it is necessary. Absolutely. And we've made it more necessary over the times, like, over the years because we're so unhealthy. Mm -hmm. um, and we rely on it. And it starts from birth. It starts from pre-birth, actually, you know, preconception. Okay. But... Um, I do believe in it. Uh, I just, and I don't hate it. Yeah. But I just know myself and I'm not high risk. Mm -hmm. I'm not a high risk patient. I, I did not need the medical system for my birth. And um, that that's to be true. And the due date thing is the the factor that throws everybody into this like craze. Do so, you mind, do you mind if, if you tell everybody how old you are? Oh no, not at all. Um, when I had the babies, I had just turned 35. Okay. So technically I'm a geriatric patient. <laughs> <laughs> How terrible that that there's still that term that's being used. I mean, for it's so sad. <laughs> and women, they they cling to that so hard when the doctor calls them geriatric. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I'm not geriatric. Um, and like, long time women have been having babies into their 40s. Yeah. Like, long, long time. Uh, one of my really good friends, owner of BirthFit, she just had her first baby at 40. Yeah. Nice. Happy, healthy baby home birth at 36 weeks, like just beautiful. You know, it's like the reason it's geriatric is again because our health is so declined now. Women are, it's so declined, and our death rate, like we're dying earlier and earlier and earlier because of our health. So, um, you know, our viewpoint as a family is like we do everything possible to be preventative. Like, we we work out, we do mindfulness, we do sleep, like we focus on the right things mm -hmm. and we stay healthy so we can do this, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, and it's this, you know, it's, 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 it's a sad place that we're in. There's also a good healthy trajectory where people are starting to open up and their minds are starting to open up to what is actually healthy and what is mindset and what is, you know, healthy movement, what is healthy eating, you know, and, and all of these things. But we also were in an age where we have so much information and, and, and there's so much more knowledge, but everybody's so confused and so frustrated and so they don't understand. It's just this, this lack of true understanding of what good health is, which is so bizarre to me when we have so much information. And with that said, you know, the medical community, we are still like you said we're dying earlier we're getting sicker and sicker and sicker when we know so much more than we used to know right yeah. right it's it's mind-blowing um, i'm gonna grab a baby really quick yeah. so hold on one second i can keep talking just grab a baby so <laughs> the beauty of having three children uh and two twins well one set of twins um and i think that they're six months old i believe uh, something like that. Anyway, she'll let us know. But uh, they are, they're going to be four months. Here's one. Four months. <laughs> this is, this is Isla. Uh, um, so we do contact maps in this family. Mm -hmm. uh, 
she's really our talkative one so she, like i could hear her the whole time i'm like oh my gosh she's so loud but <laughs> i didn't hear her. <laughs> um they are yep they'll be four months and um hold on let me pop this open yeah so um yeah it's it's funny how the medical system really like almost they, they make you feel so incapable I'm not, I'm not going to bash on the medical system the whole time, but yeah. they make you feel incapable as a parent um, to, one, raise your children and, like, birth your children, do all the things, like, and it's really sad, that, or, like, even, yeah, because my husband is going to be 42 this year, I'm 35, and, you know, they would, say, like, they would do all the testing if we were in the medical system, and they would do, um, they would probably, like, try to give me some extra things or say don't exercise or give me a circlaud all this stuff and like it's just like I didn't need any of it and it's proof because my body just did what it needs to do right. once I tell you the actual birth it's, it's wild so um yeah it's it's crazy how they do that but um my goal was to really lean into the innateness of my of my myself you yeah. know so um I tried my best to do that um so yeah um so after so at 38 plus 3 we went to our um midwife appointment and they they felt my belly my first midwife felt my belly um and she was like hey you know the other midwife she was like can you just do just feel her belly and see if you see the positioning that i see and stuff like that because they knew i did not want twins <laughs> everyone <laughs> Twins, but um, and I and I have to admit that because um, I know. Hopefully, you guys are gonna see. Um, hopefully, you know it's just because I know that being a twin mom is harder. You know, it's it, just thinking about it, like being a mom of one is hard. So, anyways, she my my seasoned midwife, the one who's been doing it for twenty five years. She was like, um, she felt my belly, and she's like. Cat, I think there's two in there, and I'm like, I rolled over and I just immediately started crying. Oh, like, and I was so mad. Um, and my husband was just like, I'm, I don't know what the look on his face was because I didn't get a chance to see it, but I'm sure he was just as shocked, you know. Um, so yeah, uh, and then we went back out and we kind of chatted about things, and so. In Montana, like I mentioned, they can't deliver twins. They can't do twin or breech. And most of the time when you have twins, one of them is going to be breech. So, mm -hmm. um, uh, but since I don't do an ultrasound per, I think their license, like it has to be a confirmed, confirmed twin, which confirming it would be through ultrasound from what I gathered from my midwives. Um, and they're like, well, I was like, okay, well, if it is twins, I'm just going to decline the ultrasound and we're just going to go at it as if it's a singleton and you guys have no idea and we have no idea. And they were like, okay. I was like, I decline the ultrasound. So leaving that appointment, we all assumed that we were going to just birth normally and it just be surprise twins. You know, we have no idea. Um, so after the appointment my midwives texted me and they were like you know we're gonna have to file for two birth certificates they're gonna know that it's twins and da 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 which kind of confused me mm -hmm. um and it still kind of doesn't 
feel right how it all went down, but the situation, you never know how to do it, I guess. You gotta just yep. roll with it. Yep. And so they were like, let's, I was like, let's get together tomorrow and like, let's just chat and see where we're all at. You know, um, cause neither of them to my, like when I asked them, neither of them have ever done twins or a breach. So we went in and they're like, hey, we just don't feel comfortable. We don't want to get investigated because you will get, they'll get investigated if we have a surprise twin birth. Mm -hmm. They're like, we don't feel comfortable doing that. So we're going to, we're going to drop you from care at 38 plus four. Uh, wow. So, um, you know, and I, I said this in another podcast I did, I was like, I, I am, I don't ever expect anyone to put their life on the line for me. Um, even though I would think in that situation, I would maybe do, do that, you know, especially in that, in the position they're in. But, um, yeah, it was a little disheartening, you know, that they dropped me from care, but that's just, that's what it was. And I asked them at the appointment, I was like, Hey, you know, if I call you at 2 AM and I'm having babies, because they only live three blocks away, one of them does. Yeah. Would you show up as a friend? And um, one of them said they were like, "We're not gonna, we're not going to let you, you know, be in any danger or something like that." I forget exactly what they said. And I was like, "Okay." So we just left it at that. I assumed that they would probably just show up if I called them. And they texted me afterwards and like, "Hey, my husband just doesn't feel okay with that." So. Um, we're going to pray for you, but we basically can't show up. Oh my gosh. Uh, wow. So yeah. it's, you know, I'm like, I'm 38 plus four. I'm like, and no, barely people who have twin pregnancies, the medical system doesn't really let you get past 38 mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. um, because they throw all these statistics at you. And most women don't go past 36 because they're like, that's when they typically take the babies. Um, so as I was leaving the appointment, um, the last appointment with my midwives, I forgot to tell us, uh, one of them was like, I wouldn't be surprised if you went into labor tonight. And I was like, what? Like, why do you say that to me? Like, give me as much time as possible to figure out what we're gonna do because per their license, they have to recommend me to an OB to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we're not going to the hospital. If it was a medical emergency, then yeah, I'd go to the hospital. Yeah. So, um, um so we like went home and we were like, what are we gonna do? So I um, I called all the people I knew, like the Birthing Instincts podcast is by Dr. Stu and I know Dr. Stu through some of my connections. So I messaged him and he said I should have a trained professional at the birth or I should go to the hospital. Um, and well, I would assume if, if it was found out that you messaged him that he would have to I mean, he would have to say that, or do you no, think, he's not, you know? he's not a part of the medical system, okay. which is cool. Yeah. How he practices under, but, um, no, okay. He just, all his years experience, I think he genuinely, genuinely thought that. Yeah, yeah. And then I had other people sending me their midwives numbers and I was researching and they, uh, I, I called, I think two other midwives and they were like, yeah, definitely go to the hospital. Twins is so high risk. And then um, the, the girl, my really good friend, Lauren, she was at the birth and she connected me with her old non-practicing midwife who's been out of practice for six years, but she's going to be a nurse practitioner, I think. Okay. She came over that night, was like, let me just confirm with the Doppler that there's two heartbeats. And I was like, 
all right, whatever, what's the harm? We gotta just figure this out. So she came over, confirmed it. And then um, I was like, will you come to my birth? And she was like, I cannot put my license on the line. Like, I just can't do it. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, so at this point we had no, no professional coming to our birth. It was me and my husband, our two dogs, my two-year-old, and um, my good friend Lauren, who's had five kids, said she was like, she was coming. Yeah. So, um, but I like, I researched as much as I could and figured out like, you know, what we need to do. So what I did was I asked my old midwives, I was like, hey, can you prescribe me an ultrasound so I can go get an ultrasound? I just need to see what kind of twin pregnancy this is. Mm -hmm. There's three different kinds. There's mono-mono, same sac, same placenta. Mm -hmm. There's mono-dye, which is um, separate sac, same placenta. And then there's dye-dye, which is separate sac, separate placenta. Yeah. And I just want to know what's coming out, and I want to know the position of the babies. Yeah. I'm not for ultrasounds. I think they do a little bit more harm than good. But I was like... I gotta figure this out, so we just did one. Okay, so can I ask you, is it okay, do you mind going into why an ultrasound has the potential of being more harm than good? Yeah, so it's ultrasound, right? So the sound is like radiating on this tiny human, mm -hmm. right? And we don't know, like there's no studies done on the, the effects of it, you know, on okay. humans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a book, um, I'll see if I can find it and I can let text it to you, but there's a book by um, a guy who kind of goes into the studies of, of animals and things like that and like the harmfulness of it. Okay. That is like, I just can't put my baby at risk when I'm not risk myself, yeah. right? Um, so uh, my midwives give a sheet out for the 20 week ultrasound. That's what almost all women go in for if they get any ultrasounds, it's that 20 week one, it's the anatomy scan. And it's mostly checking for like spina bifida, which is if you're a Latino, um, older in age, that's when you're high risk for spina bifida, and I'm neither of those things. So, um, and then like, we didn't want to know the gender, so why would we do it? Yeah. Um, and there's really just no need for it, honestly. So, my my husband and I's viewpoint is that we don't need ultrasounds. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't need them, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people give. I've gotten a, quite a bit of slack for that, but it just doesn't align with us. And yeah. I have very healthy children, mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, so the the risks don't outweigh the, you know, the pros don't outweigh the cons mm -hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. um, the cons don't weigh out the pro, pros, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we got so, <laughs> Yeah, I, so, but at 30, like, when I went to the radiologist, she was like, I've never done a scan at 39 weeks, this is the, the, this is the, the longest I've ever like you know I don't even know what I'm gonna be able to find because it's so full in there and I'm like all you gotta do is find two heads see where they're at and find two heartbeats that's all I'm worried about and then seeing if there's two placentas yeah, yeah. so um, yeah um, and we went in she was super sweet we got the anatomy over we got the scan and um, we confirmed that it was a die die pregnancy which is the lowest risk twin pregnancy oh that's great okay both babies were head down yeah. I wasn't even flirting with the breech baby at that point. Mm -hmm. Give it, the second one can always flip when the first one goes out. Okay. But as I tell you the final story, you're going to be like, oh, there's no chance it was flipping anyways. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, um, we did the scan and we confirmed that. And then I kind of followed up with Dr. Stu. I was like, hey, this is it. Like, do you still think I should, do you think I could free birth? And he was like, I still think you should have a professional. 
but I think that's because of years experience like he's seen some things I'm sure yeah you know yeah in my heart um I knew that I had a feeling it was going to be a fast birth and I knew if they were both head down and it's a die-die pregnancy like my risk is so low you know so um so we were like okay um I we're just gonna do this free birth and um see see how it goes so the woman that my friend linked me up with, she called us, um, she's the midwife who hasn't been practicing. Um, she called us and was like, hey, I, I went to church this morning and God is really pushing me to show up for you guys at your birth. So I'm gonna show up for you at your birth. Um, and I have another midwife who lives an hour north who said that she would show up and she's been to a twin home birth. And we're like, oh, thank you, God, thank you. Mm -hmm. And so my husband drives an hour, picks up some equipment from the other midwife, comes back down, and then on his way back down, uh, this is the next day, uh, she calls us again, she's like, hey, I'm having panic attacks, I can't come to your birth. Oh, no. <laughs> and we're like, what? what, what, what happened to God speaking to you? But anyways, you know, <laughs> at this point, we're just rolling with the punches. Yeah, yeah. We're like, we're rolling with it. And yeah, I'm a little stressed, but I'm also like, I don't even know what to think. I don't know how to, you know, what, what's going to be the deal. So that falls through. So we're, again, we're back on our own and we're like, cool, we're going to just, um, roll with it. And then, um, I, the woman who wrote that book, the birth on your own terms, she is a traditional midwife and, um, she is, uh, where are the Green Bay Packers? Well, where are the Green Bay Packers? Wisconsin? Yeah. Wherever, wherever they're at, that's where she lives. So, uh, she actually questions. <laughs> uh, this birth, yeah, this is a birth. birth uh, <laughs> and she just said she was like, "Well, you know, the Green Bay Packers are from that's where I'll fly out of or whatever." So, we talked to her, and she um, does virtual midwifery, which is not the ideal situation, but um, she she offers it because it's it's helpful, you know, to have somebody on on the yeah. phone like. Thing, you know um, when you don't need to go to the hospital so or she'll show up and she does um, she will fly in stay somewhere and whenever you need her she just comes over she's a super hands-off midwife huh. which is what what is needed you know in this situation so we toyed with the idea of flying her in but I was like it's just too late in the game like I don't even know when I don't know when it's gonna happen you know mm -hmm. so we're like let's just use her virtually and we did um, so it's just real, kind of sorry real quick is it so you would fly her in and she could potentially be there sort of on call for a week or four weeks or yeah, yeah whatever okay it's, I, I would assume that she comes in towards the very end sure um, when there's like signs of birth coming um, but yeah I, I it was just so unknown yeah. so I was like I don't know when to have you come in or like if you come, if you're like, okay, I'm gonna come in two days and then I go into labor tonight, what's the point, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so we're like, we'll just use her virtually. That's that's how it goes. And we only live five minutes from the hospital. So if something were to go completely awry, we go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. So um, we talked about that in advance and we knew what to do and knew how we were gonna do it. And that's, that's what we did. So we hired her virtually and we had like a phone consult with her. She answered a bunch of our questions um, and I read her book, so I was like kind of prepared to free birth, uh, thankfully. And I went back and read my notes on her book. And 
So we were just like, this is what we're gonna do. Um, and I think we confirmed that at like 39 and a half, or probably 39 and, I don't know, 39 plus six. So I was like flirting with 40 weeks. Mm -hmm. And um, so yeah, uh, I also had a good friend in town. She came out, as soon as we found out twins, she flew in like two days later. And she stayed with us for like 12 days. And, and just supported us and was great. Um, you know, it's Deidre. Yeah. From, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so yeah. she, her and Jasper came up and that's her son and just stayed with us and supported us and it was great like the kids played together and it was good to have a friend to talk to like another female and kind of just ride the journey with me because I was one super uncomfortable and like in this crazy situation and like she wanted to be here for the birth and I wanted her here for the birth so bad <laughs> but um July 4th rolled around which is also my mother's birthday and I joked my whole pregnancy with her I was like maybe you'll have a birthday buddy and I was due on July 1st yeah yeah so I went to 40 plus three with the twins and um, on July 4th, I was just like emotional. And you know me, Nikki, I'm not a very emotional person. <laughs> I like wanted to cry all day long. I, I was like, this is so miserable. I don't know how I'm doing it, like blah, blah, blah. I was like, woe is me. It happens. And, and yeah, you know, you just get to that place, but it's funny, like, when you get to that place in pregnancy that typically means the baby's coming i was gonna say and, that's that's what my thought my first thought was when you said you were really emotional I was like ah that's a tip yeah and a lot of times a lot of like in the holistic community like a lot of people will be like i'm so over this pregnancy what can what else can i do and they're like just have a good cry like have a good uh -huh. cry and let it all go yeah and then typically the baby comes it's so, so interesting. Uh, i on july 4th Deidre was like, hey, I just, I gotta get back to work, I gotta go home. Her husband had come up and he drove up, so she's like, I'm gonna go ahead and head home, you know, and so she left the morning of July 4th. Oh, just totally gets me, but that night, my friend Lauren, who's coming to the birth, she was like, why don't you guys just come out, it's like a 15 minute drive to their house, come out and watch fireworks. And I'm like, oh, I don't wanna leave the house, but let's go, it's fine, because car rides were miserable. Yeah. And she was like, come out, and I was like, okay, God, if you don't want me going, just break my water. Like, it's like 7.30, and um, and we're like heading out the door, and I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom, and my water breaks. <laughs> and I'm like, I think I'm either peeing myself, or my water's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, and it was definitely my water breaking. Uh -huh. and, uh, so my water broke at 7.30, and I went immediately to, um, contractions and very little rest like it was just really fast mm -hmm. um, and I, to my knowledge like if I were to guess I was probably five centimeters dilated for weeks okay. I think I was dilated for weeks okay. I, I, I just felt one baby was head down the whole time the other one was a little bit head up but mm -hmm. you know 39 week ultrasound my baby was head down so I'm guessing I was dilated and um so my husband starts getting the, the tub ready and Madeline's kind of just playing around. And um, we text my friend like, hey, you know, she just, her water just broke, so we're not coming out. Um, just head this way whenever you can. And she's like, okay, I'll, I'll probably be there in like half an hour. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Don't rush, it'll be fine. I had an yeah. eight hour labor with Madeline. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I started timing my contractions, I texted my friend, I was like, you better get here now. Like, <laughs> um, she's like, I'm on my way. So she so shows up, she has an eight month old. Yeah, she has an eight-month-old, so 
she brought the eight-month-old because she's still nursing and mm. she straps the baby to her back and doing all the things my husband the saint that he has got the tub up and um i'm sitting there i'm like just you know zoning out into contractions and uh then i like get in the tub and 10 contractions later baby baby a is out oh my like, gosh i didn't have to push i didn't transition which is like when you go from the contraction to the pushing stage and mm -hmm. most women like some women puke during that because it's so intense yeah i was expecting to puke didn't puke i literally went from contractions to baby out i had fetal ejection reflex is what it's called when your body just automatically shoots the baby out holy smokes yeah so i didn't have any of the yeah i didn't have to push i didn't push at all the baby just came out um and then so i caught baby i was on my i was leaning forward on the tub and i caught baby a which is isla um she she came out first and she was you know bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to go uh didn't come out in her sack or anything so huh. so then i roll over onto my back and nine minutes later baby b comes out which is Arian, and she um she came out the same way i didn't have to push or anything she just came out um which is awesome <laughs> uh I'm telling you like it was it's crazy i think we really mess with birth the medical system really messes with birth because it was not that hard um and so they're both still attached to their cords and but when when baby b came out um she actually wasn't fully colored and she needed some breath so um, i ended up i gave her one breath and then my husband i made him get in the tub for baby b poor guy i don't know if you know all the stuff that comes out of the body when when you have a baby but a he's in the tub. Oh, he he's like holding my leg holding baby a helping me catch baby b and so like i take up i put a breath into her mouth and then he takes over and gives her a couple of breaths and um, he said to me at one point, he was like, I, I feel like I'm gonna have a special connection with her because I breathe life into her. And I'm like, it just still gives me chills and makes me cry because it's so amazing that um, there's someone who would, like he did that. He just stepped in and just did it. And I don't know a lot of men who would do that. So um, I'm very blessed to have him. So he did that and like, we're trying to keep the baby above water, keep me above water and like waiting on the placenta. So we decide like, we waited like 20 minutes and the placenta wasn't coming out. So, which is totally normal, totally normal. Uh, <laughs> and, and start pulling on the cords. So we ended up, my friend Lauren actually cut the cords, which was pretty cool. Um, and she takes both babies and is handling Madeline and having a baby strapped to her back. She's just a saint too. This woman's amazing. And she gets them all cleaned up and um, Roth is handling me in the tub because we're still just waiting on the placenta to come out. Um, so at that point, we called the midwife, um, Heather, and she kind of guided us through what tinctures to take um, to help with getting the placenta out because my body was probably just tired and it just stopped contracting. So And so um, when you say tinctures, just for clarity, you're talking herbs, right? So herbal tinctures to help everything yeah, There's a company called Wish Garden. I'm sure you know of them. Yeah. Um, they have two really good tinctures, Angelica, and womb syringe, and I believe Angelica is before the babies come out or before the placenta comes out. You can take that to help with, um, like I think blood clotting or helping your body contract. And then womb syringe is like the the heavy duty one, which we needed to have her order for us or give us like a code to order because it's it's a pretty good tincture. So did you and, order it beforehand? Yeah, we had it overnight, and it cost us like sixty bucks to get it over. But it's you have to have it in hand. Um, because in the medical system, you would take Pitocin mm -hmm. or Cytec. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I'll tell you about that right after I finish this. Um, we we're just more natural minded and I don't think we need all that. So, um, and birth, you lose a lot of blood, you lose blood. Um, and I lost quite a bit of blood, but we need, I needed to help my body kind of start contracting him. So I took some more wound strange and, um, my placenta was so big. It was two placentas, but it's fused together. So it was so big that I kind of got stuck on the way out. So like 20, 25 minutes later, um, Heather was like, okay, Roth, when, when she contracts again, I need you just to kind of twist the placenta. It just looks a little stuck. It's not like in there still nothing's retained mm-hmm. so as soon as my body contracted he just twisted a little bit and it popped right out wow out. so it was huge like big i i have very healthy placentas my midwife said madeline the one that madeline had mm-hmm. uh, was the biggest placenta she's ever seen and i was like <laughs> competitions but um, so so on the placenta did you do anything with it I didn't with this one because when we do, so with Madeline's, I had it encapsulated, which I'm still 50-50 on whether I believe that or not. And that's more Chinese medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as humans, we don't actually consume our placenta. We're not a mammal that consumes it. But there's been studies done that helps with PPD and PPA. I never consumed any of my placenta with Madeline, even encapsulated. It's still in the freezer. But with this one, um, I didn't do anything with it soon enough because it was, I didn't even plan ahead. I didn't, I should have gotten encapsulated, honestly, but you have to do it within 24 hours. Okay. So I didn't, so it was sitting in the fridge for like, for like a week. So I ended up, I just kind of pulled it out. I kind of looked through it. Uh, I have a video of it and um, I put it in a bag and we put it in the freezer. And I think at some point when we're on our own, when we're on some land, um, I'd love to bury it. Okay. And plant a tree or something. Because um, it's just such an epic, epic part of my life that I think it, it just needs to be, something needs to grow from it too. Mm. So um, we'll probably do that, but I have it in my freezer. Yeah, and yeah. It's huge. So. It's huge. <laughs> uh, the thing is huge. I just can't even, my mind is blown how big it is. But uh, <laughs> that, like, yeah, it, it was heavy. And then I had, the babies were born at, uh, the first one was seven pounds, 15 mm-hmm. ounces. The second one was seven pounds, 12 ounces. Wow. So I had very healthy babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so I was carrying around a lot of weight. Um, and it was great to just unload that. I can't but, even imagine. <laughs> seeing I, you know, I was, my belly was kind of pendulous. So that means it hangs out. Uh-huh. And um, so the babies weren't kind of tucked, tucked back. Yeah. So that morning before when I went into labor July 4th morning I actually took a ring sling and I kind of tucked my belly back and I think that's what kind of helped kickstart some stuff but uh yeah I just I had to tuck the babies back and in because they were just so far out I was all belly and what did you call it a what sling I think oh it's a ring sling ring so it's it's like a carrier for a baby but you can also tighten it up to where it kind of pulls the belly back so I did that um, so it's supportive essentially right it's supporting and yeah, pulling it back to where the babies are supported by like my legs and not just like pulling my mm-hmm. back forward and mm-hmm. arch and stuff. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. Um, but so in typical scenario, like after a baby's born, like the medical system or even midwives, and I think this is great having this as an option. You can get pitocin, which is also what puts you into labor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically helps clot the blood, um, keeps you from bleeding out. Um, or Cytotec, and sometimes you have to do both. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's some other ones out there. Um, but we had a, 
Um, secret benefactor send us Pitocin, which was great. Um, we had some on hand. And I it, it gives you a little bit of a peace of mind because yeah. um, during, my, during the whole situation, the two weeks, like there was some negative stuff coming into my world. And I was like, get this out of here. Yeah, like yeah, sure. midwives, holistic midwives telling me I should go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on, think in your heart. Like, do you really think I should go to the hospital? Yeah. You know? So um, it's hard to block all that out. So just having it on hand was really great. So never used I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry, but I can't help it. There's, there's, I feel like there's all, there's just so much fear. And I don't know if we hit on this or if I said it earlier in my promo or whatever, but there it's so much of it is based around fear. And, and I feel like even, even in the holistic world, there's still that conventional, there's some conventional training there, right? There's still an association with, with, with the, what could happen and what we're used to and what we do today versus what we did, you know, a thousand years ago or whatever the case may be. And, I, I can kind of get it, but I get, I also am more in line with you and I get that as well. Um, but, and I want to make sure that everybody, you listen to you, right? <laughs> you make your own, um, make your own decisions. But um, the fact that, you know, I would, you know, you really listen to your body, you listen to your in- intuition, you did your research, you talked to people, you did all of the things that you should do to make a decision like this. Yep. Yeah, and uh, the medical system and the society and all the things happening pull us pull women as far away from their intuition as possible. Yeah, because yeah. um, women are very intuitive, mm-hmm. and they're, they're they have to be in touch with the, themselves. So if we can pull them as far away from that as possible, they become dependent on the system. They become dependent on doctors telling them how to feel. And I, I'll say this: like I know my body best. Mm-hmm. No doctor knows my body better than I know my body. Um, but I can understand how women are pulled away from that yeah. and how it's like, I don't, I don't know anything about this. Like mm-hmm. I, I need to, I need to trust this doctor, yeah. you know? Um, and it, it's, it's not a healthy way to live. Um, it's, it's fear-based. Like you said, it's very fear-based because I've had a, quite a few people, um, tell me how I like put my children's lives in danger because I went past 38 weeks because stillbirth rate goes up so much after that. And all this stuff and I'm just like uh, relative risk versus actual risk like uh, the actual risk for me is not really there because of who I am mm-hmm. who like who my babies are who my husband is like he's a huge benefactor to the pregnancy so it's like all these things and I weigh the options you know um, so I think uh, the fear system is just really heavy these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we just went through it in a lot of ways in 2020 and beyond. Yes, we did. It, it's just there and they pump it, they pump it, they yeah. pump it because so money, 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 money. Oh yeah, without a doubt. You know, it's down to money and control. Mm-hmm. And I just, I will fight that till I'm dead. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I, you know, um, so yeah, I just, I just don't, um, I don't fall to it. I, I do a little bit, obviously, because um, it got in my head a little bit. But then sure. I actually had a really good friend tell me, um, she was like, I think you need to stop searching for help and answers. And I think you need to just do what you do. And I'm like, that makes sense. And that put me mm-hmm. at peace because mm-hmm. I kept like searching for another midwife, yeah. another midwife, another person to be at my birth, 
um, another medicine, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, I just have to stop searching. The more I search, the more stress I get. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, I just, uh, I was, I'm glad I tuned into it and my husband was super supportive. So, you know, we had two beautiful, healthy babies born in an hour and a half. <laughs> it's just it was amazing. It's really amazing. Yeah. Both babies were out by, I think it was 9, 15, 7, 30, 8, 30. Yeah, hour and 45 minutes, sorry. Uh, <laughs> both babies were out. Uh-huh. It was, it's crazy. Um, so after that, I did lose a lot of blood. Um, so they ended up having to um, drain some of the water out of the tub, lower one of the tub rings so I could like lay down flat because when you are losing blood and you're about to pass out, they, they make you flat. Um, and then they turned the couch around and my husband and my friend Lauren picked me up and just moved me from that to the couch. And I just laid there from, you know, probably 11 until 11 the next day, so 12 hours, I never moved. Um, and the, the, the weeks following, I realized I did lose a lot of blood, but there are really great supplements that help with that. I'm not saying everybody should do that. Sometimes you need a blood transfusion, mm-hmm. but I did everything possible to avoid a blood transfusion yeah. and going to the hospital. Yeah. Um, so I ended up taking, there's a really good supplement by Heart and Soil, and it's called Lifeblood. It's the blood of a bovine. Um, and then I took chlorophyll, which is a natural um, blood builder. Yeah. And with those, you have to take some vitamin C because yep. for your body to absorb it, you have to take, um, to absorb iron, you have to take it. Mm-hmm. I got my blood test and I basically had no iron in my blood. I was super pale, very white. Mm-hmm. I was getting like nauseous in the middle of the day and stuff. So yeah. I did everything I could supplementally and like, and then I just kind of went off a of feel and I was like, if I don't feel better in the next two to four weeks, I will definitely go get what I need done, mm-hmm. you know, with the medical mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. And my babies were nursing just fine. They were growing, they were having wet diapers, sleeping, crying, pooping, peeing, mm-hmm. you know, all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I turned a corner and everything was fine. The lifeblood was totally a lifesaver. That's amazing. So, you know, just just doing your research and knowing when to go and when not to go is like huge. So you know? I think that that's the interesting thing because that would, that would be unnerving to know you've lost a significant amount of blood and you're still losing blood and so but you you knew when you needed to go is that what I'm understanding you knew you knew signs because you did your research yes yeah you just you have like and getting some blood work done so um, we have um, it's called concierge like services up sure. here for mm-hmm. so we pay and I'm happy to mention why we why we pay to see him like have him we pay $25 a month for Madeline and we've, we've gone twice um, yeah but we he was kind enough to do blood work for me even though I'm not a patient of his um, and I just wanted to see where my blood levels were and my friend Deidre read the blood work for me and she was like you know and he said he was like you're borderline transfusion but take these and take vitamin C and you should be fine and we'll retest in two months and I'm like great and Deidre was like yeah, borderline, but you know, just do this and this. And she gave me some great tools. And yeah. um, funny enough, my midwife was like, "I think you might want to get a blood transfusion." And I was like, "We're just gonna wait and see," you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I did the necessary steps because I was feeling terrible, and I'm a pretty healthy person, mm-hmm. so I don't, you know, I I'm, I'm like, ah, I do not feel good. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we did the necessary steps and I wasn't opposed to going and getting a transfusion if it was completely necessary. Right, right, right. 
um, and I like talk to my friends. I was like, "What blood type are you? What blood type are you?" And, and all my, none of my friends are, you know, got that lovely thing that they required. Right. Ago, so. right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, so yeah, we we did a we did one checkup with the doctor who's super friendly on what our plan is. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we were still TBD on getting the birth certificate, so we wanted to make sure we had some some proof of birth um, for whatever reason if we decide not to or to get a birth certificate. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he was like, they're, they're healthy, good, everybody's going, you know, and they're, one of them's 14 pounds now, the other one's slightly under thir- under 14 pounds now. So Amazing. He's doing good and everybody, and I'm exclusively breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. own any bottles or anything like that. And yeah. Wait, you don't own plastic bottles, plastic nipples, and all the plastic? I know. No. I, I know a lot of people need to do that because women work these days, but these these days. But we also don't have a dishwasher, so I'm like, I'm not doing more dishes. First off, <laughs> amazing. The most natural thing to do is for you to nurse your babies, and there's a lot of farce around that too. We can do a whole other podcast on that because the way they they get women to like get on formula is just mind blowing to me. Like, amazing. It's disgusting. They make them think they are incapable of keeping their humans up. I'm an underproducer. No. You're undernourished, you're under nutrients, and your doctor is telling you lies. Because I guarantee you, your body grew those two humans, so it's going to produce enough milk for those two humans if you support it correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, right? And I've, my supply has dipped, and I can feel it. They, they're fussier, and I'm like, oh, I'm dehydrated. Let me drink some more water. Uh, oh, I haven't eaten lunch today. Let me eat some food, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, there's a lot of things around that that really piss me off. But, uh-huh. um, I'm just like, I will feed these babies exclusively until I can't anymore. Mm-hmm. Until it's, you know. Yeah. And I fed my first one until 16 months, because, and then I weaned her off only because I was not knowingly growing twins, and yeah. I was super depleted. Yeah. And she was fine. And we, we drink raw milk, so she right. was happy with raw milk. Right, right, right. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah. All, like, it was it's a great experience. And if you're a healthy human, I say free birth. Mm-hmm. I say do it. And I'm happy that, like, there's so many tools out there for you to do it. Yeah. Um, just get yourself out of the system. Yeah. Good for you. I love it. I love it. And I think it would be a good idea to come on to talk about breastfeeding and all the things that you just hit on so I think that's that's yeah. a topic that needs to be talked about and this is the yeah. stuff that I don't know anything about right everything that I do is preconception it's like getting prepared you're talking mm-hmm. now about all of stuff that's the after stuff and like people need to hear this need to know it and like you said when possible get out of the system and do it do it God's way you know I yeah I think um uh, I think sometimes people take from me because I I think I lack a lot of emotion and empathy, but I'm not shaming anyone for the story that they, they do, you know, like yeah. you choose your own path mm-hmm. um, and that's the way it goes. But it's all about like, um, no better, do better. And I think people take shame from that too. It's like, but you can educate yourself, see two sides of the coin, like see it all, mm-hmm. hear the story, like don't shame me for going to 40 plus three, like, you know, do your research and yeah. choose your path. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Choose it, and that's mm-hmm. fine. But, like, no, but, like, down the line, there's some repercussions. Like, there's things that happen, and, like, it, it's just, like, just knowing. You have to know, and you have to research, mm-hmm. um, because they try to hide everything nowadays and fear you into it. So. It's true. It's true. And it really is. I mean, my big thing is just accountability. 
right? Mm -hmm. You take accountability for yourself. You take accountability for your actions. You take accountability for what you put you in your put in your body and on your body and in your environment and all of the all of the things. That's really what it is. And with that, when you have the education and the knowledge, then you make the decisions. That's all I ever want from any of my clients is let me give you everything that I know, and then you're yeah. going to take it with you for your lifetime. But you're still going to make your own decisions. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think like that goes on like a big subject of like accountability. Like yeah. take take personal responsibility mm -hmm. and like do it. And I think that's what's missing in today's world, and especially the birth world. Like. You know, um, so take personal responsibility and do the best you can mm -hmm. with what you know. Yeah. You know, um, and and lean on people that you trust that live the life that you would ideally want for your children. You know. Yeah, for sure. So it's yeah, and the last thing I like to touch on is like support is huge. Going from finding out to afterwards, like you need to build your support team and block out all the people who are negative and giving yes. these like two super negative vibes. Mm -hmm. Because I talked to two midwives that go to the hospital. I'm like, I don't need you in my life. Like get out of here, mm -hmm. like get out of my bubble mm -hmm. because I gave you all this information and like it points towards pre-birthing, mm -hmm. like stop, yeah. you know? So at support system, Deidre flying up, my friend Lauren stepping in, my family being supportive. My husband, oh my gosh, having your husband on board, huge. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, just bringing in the midwife that was like, you're fine, you're gonna do this, it's great. You know, just yeah. listen to your body. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like, just get your circle and hold them close and block out everybody else. Awesome, I love it. So real quick, there's something that I came across for anybody and there's uh, someone who is paying it, who is watching right now, who I wanna make sure that this is out there. I'm sure you know it, but I thought it was interesting. So it's a podcast called Free Birth Society. And there are lots of these podcasts. I thought it was so interesting. Every podcast, there's 200, 250 podcasts about free birthing and people's yep. stories and what they're doing. And so totally. I think that that is, um, I think that that's, but when I looked it up, I was like, Holy smokes, there's so much information out there. Yeah. yeah. So there's a huge movement going on um, in even the midwives. So the reason my midwives couldn't do it is because of the, the government and their licensing, right? Right. right. So the, the indie birth movement is like independent birthing. And like um, there's, there's midwives who are not renewing their license um, in which I do feel like licensing is helpful, right? It holds people to a standard. Sure. But when dirty people get their hands on it, they're like, no, women, midwives can't deliver after 42 weeks. You have to go to the hospital. Midwives can't deliver twins, even though they're trained in it. No, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. it's like those stupid rules, stupid rules like that. Yeah. Um, so midwives are letting go of their licenses now, a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And they're just, they're, they're becoming traditional midwives. They're becoming yeah. a woman who shows up to support a woman in birth. And that's what it should be, you know, um, so I think the movement that's happening is taking us back. A lot of things are taking us back, and I hope it happens faster. I hope it happens while I'm still alive because I want to see it. You know, I want to yeah. see traditional things come back. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a huge movement, and um, the indie birth, indie birth is a good one. Free birth society. Um, there's some other ones that are really good. If I can find them, I'll send them to you if you want to put them in the show notes. But mm -hmm. uh, there's just some really good things to follow, um, and then. Heather, ba Heather Baker, she's a queen. She is doing great things. Um, Instagram's a great place to follow her, but she has that book, Birth on Your Own Terms. Okay. And honestly, anyone who is just wanting to know more about birth, 
I know about complications or anything like that. It's a great book to read. And it's very easy. It's like straightforward. Awesome. You read more about birth. So I love it. Yes. Yes, that's a good one. Free birth society for sure. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Um, we're running a little long, which is totally fine, but what I want to make sure of, because I think it's important that you are also an entrepreneur and a business owner, and I want people to know about that because I hear, I mean, I, you know, every now, you know, as I'm networking and listening to people, it's like, man, I could use a VA. I'm like, okay, I gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) So Um, talk about that. I, yeah. Um, so yes. First and foremost, I'm a wife and a mother. Uh, that is my goal in life. But I also am a business owner, like you mentioned. I own a company called Charter Creatives. It opened in 2019. My coworker, I call her my business partner, my left and right hand, her name is Ruth. Mm-hmm. She uh, works with me and we're virtual assistants. So we do a myriad of things, uh, anything from answering emails to managing your um, Google Drive to project management to email, all kinds of stuff. So, um, and between her and I, we have um, probably about 10 clients. And then we also just brought somebody else on who's going to slowly ramp into doing some other things for us. So 2024 is hopefully the year of growth. Because mm-hmm. um, I know when I, when I found out I had twins, I was like, I can either go close my business down or pass it to Ruth mm-hmm. and get completely out of it, or I can help grow the company. And I honestly think I'm at a place where I think I can grow it, but you know, I have to grow my team first because obviously my first job is a, a wife and a mother. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, we do virtual assisting um, for people all over the country, which is awesome. Um, and we're always grateful for referrals. So thanks <laughs> a virtual assistant, you're welcome to hit us up. Um, but yeah, we just, we were trying, I'm trying to do it all, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it's some days it's humbling and some days I'm thriving. Superwoman, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and so I, I mean, I'm, I'm a client and I don't know if I've been a client since 2019 or 2020, I don't know, but it's been a, it's been a while. I think, I think, yeah, it's been a long time. I think like, uh, yeah, I think it was probably late 2019. I have to look back, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we started out um, pretty pretty soon after inception of my company. So, but Ruth and I have both been virtual assisting for probably ten years. So, okay, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, you're you're one of the OGs of the group. So funny, I had no idea. Um, and it's, it's funny too because we met at the gym, which is awesome. And <laughs> I'm also a fitness instructor. Yeah, that's um, yeah. People are like, hey, give me a workout. That's all I do at this point. But. <laughs> One day I'll get back to doing that. <laughs> well, it's it's been um, it's been a game changer, and I think really the game changing moment for me. So Ruth was helping me; she's been my sort of helping me throughout this whole time, and you some, but really so much Ruth with so much of what we do. But she sent me an email one day. She says, "I think this is how I can help you." It's <laughs> like I don't even know what to do. Like I'm not I'm not even sure. It's so weird when sometimes you just don't know. How you can be helped and yep. she listed it out and went you just changed my world right yeah and that's that's the way that it's been and um it at this point it's just turnkey and it's perfect and it's awesome and yeah. i'm excited about your new person yeah we're excited too i think mm-hmm. um yeah with entrepreneurs that's a really common thing they never really know what to hand off because they're so used to doing everything yeah. themselves yeah 
it'll, you know, it's it's awesome. Like Ruth is super intuitive, and so am I. When I have the opportunity to really get into it, Ruth yeah. is more into it than I am at this point. Right. But um, it's really helpful when we're here. But like we see what's going on, and we're like. I can do that for you. Like, you don't have to do uh-huh. that, you know? And so then there's like, I'm like, okay, if you're an entrepreneur, just write down all the things you hate doing that you're like avoiding mm-hmm. and let's see if we can do them for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. They got to get done and we can get them done in a timely manner. And we actually like doing it, which is like the weird thing, you know? There's the creatives and the admins oh, and yeah. mm-hmm. find a symbiotic relationship and they do all the stuff this one hates and they do all yeah. the stuff this one hates. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Cool. So, all right. Well, well, thank you. This is awesome. Thank you so much for having me and letting me tell my story. Like, I I do think a lot of people need to hear the story, and I really appreciate giving me space to do that. Um, And hopefully, we can talk postpartum one day. I have a lot of good resources for that. But um, yeah, and if anybody ever needs any help or wants to know more, you can always reach out to me. I'm an open book. Cool. Awesome. I love that. And thank you for that. I think that we definitely want to have you on again. I think this is a topic that needs to be talked about. Um, I, if uh, we'll get you back on, I think we're booked out. I don't know if it's February or March at this point, but um, get you back on some yeah, time around time if it works. And yeah, that'll be awesome. I'll know more about postpartum by then too. Yeah, so. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> postpartum with twins. Yeah. <laughs> One on each boob. Can you do that? One on each boob. And I'm feeding is a real thing, and it is a lifesaver. Yep, it's, it's real. I told myself, uh, I told my friend Deidre, I was like, I'm gonna wean Madeline before I have the baby because I do not want a tandem. Look at me now. Here you are. So I was like, you have no option. Yep. Just do. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> you, yep. You've got bigger and better things to do now, baby. <laughs> Yeah, I do. Yeah. God was totally in control of the whole situation, so we're just gonna put that out there. He, he always like, is. Right. If we, we, if that's all he asks is just give him the control. Yeah. This is the final thing I'll say. There, I don't know why I read the free birth book. I don't know why I dreamt of having birth with just my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, but God knew I wasn't going to like myself let go of my midwife. So he was like, okay, I have to show you the hard way. I have to make it. I have to show you this and I have to make you do it because you're not listening. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did that, and I'm like, I look back, I'm like, mm-hmm. I need to learn and learn to lean into it and surrender to him because he, he's guiding me, mm-hmm. like he is, he's truly guiding me, and I'm not listening, which it's is true. very common yeah. in a lot of ways. Well, <laughs> I mean, for all of us, I mean, it's 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 a hard thing to let go and to feel like you're out of control, but knowing that he is in control is is a beautiful thing. Uh, I mean, I'm there. I'm there with the business. I'm like, okay, just, just take it, <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah. Right. You just have to let go and mm-hmm. surrender. One of my friends was like, surrender is the word of the year. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. It's not my word, but no, it's definitely my word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, but yes. Awesome. Well, thank okay. you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Good to see you. Um, yep. So excited for all that you're doing, and thanks for sharing and being open and honest with all of the things. It's good stuff. Appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you giving me space. So, um, yeah. All right. Good, yeah, give me just one second. Yeah, give me just one second. Um, okay, everybody, thanks for being here. Of course, Taste Life Nutrition Radio and podcast streaming live on KUHSDenver.com. Go to the website. You can find me at Taste Life Nutrition everywhere. The pod, the the well, of course, the podcast, but the, all the social media, the website, fill out a free um, 
analysis or assessment and I'll reach out to you. Then of course we have soulful conception, all of the stuff prior to what we just talked about, <laughs> which is planning and all of the things that Kat did to prep her body, plan her body, get as healthy as possible in order to do all of the things that she's done. I mean, to feel secure in the fact that you are creating health for today, health for these babies, and then health for generations to come is the thing that gets me going and gets me excited. And I would say uh, Kat is probably right there with me. So, um, yeah. So I am. Cool. Um, thanks for being here. We'll see you next week. Yes, next week, Thursday, 10 a.m. Mount Time. Everybody take care. Thank you. Bye. Give me one sec, Kat.